0: One of the most critically lauded horror movies this year comes from the subgenre we've been looking at exclusively in Season 2 of Chronicle. And for all its weighty family drama and tense atmosphere, Robert Eggers' The Witch is just a wonderfully constructed, written and crafted exercise in tension and atmosphere. Unlike tonight's movie, which boasts an elaborate heist perpetrated at the hands of robbers in the guise of street performers who run afoul of a coven unlike any other. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition. T-minus ten. Welcome back to Season 2 of Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and this is the season 2 finale episode. In the last episode we looked at Nicholas Rogers' 1990 kids horror movie The Witches. And this episode we conclude our journey into witchcraft in European horror cinema by looking at Witching and Bitching from 2013. If this is your first time listening to Chronicle Podcast, please go back and listen to our debut episode. It sets the stage for what has come on season two. Can I thank everyone who's checked out this second season of the show and it left me all the kind words and support and feedback on Facebook. Our group page may only be small in numbers, but the voices of those who are members are loud and passionate about horror cinema and I am immensely proud to be closing out this new season of six episodes that I could not have made without your love and support. To join the Facebook group page for this show, please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Like I said a few minutes ago, this season of Chronicle has been exclusively focusing on witchcraft in European horror cinema and I could think of no better way to close out season 2 in this incredible first year of Chronicle podcast than changing tack and lightening the mood. And no one knows how to bring the surreal, the scary and the downright absurd into European horror cinema than... Alex de la Iglesia. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. Born in Bilbo in the Basque Country of Spain in December 1965, Alex would find his philosophy degree put on the shelf in favour of a career in comic books. His move to movie making almost seems accidental. After a brief period working in TV land, he would later find work as a production designer of sorts on the lesser known short movie Mama. No, not the one that would be later made into a feature length horror movie in 2014, but a criminally underseen short movie about a family confined to a basement after a nuclear fallout. This would ultimately lead to further work in production design on Todo Por La Pasa, a.k.a. Anything For Money in 1991. Ultimately it would be his next project that would begin his most important business partnership when he helped out on Jose Severia's short movie Mirandas Asinas in 1991. The two have been almost inseparable in their movie partnership since. In 1993, Iglesia would finally receive his big break into the Spanish film industry when arguably one of the most prominent names in Spanish cinema, Pedro Almodovar, produced Iglesia's debut movie, A Mutante, or Action Mutant, which became an independent movie success in both home and abroad. However, it's his next movie that really begins to set the stage for his reputation as the 90s Efont terrible of Spanish cinema. His pawn shop for absurdist and often purposefully and excessively violent and sexual content would begin with gusto upon the release of his 1995 movie El Dia de la Bista or The Day of the Beast. This movie sees a priest committing as many sins as possible with the help of an occultist TV show host and a heavy metal record store clerk so he may sell his tainted soul to be at the birth of the Antichrist and destroy him before he can destroy the world. The movie is bonkers and hilarious in equal measure with a nice amount of over-the-top gore to boot. His affair with gallows humour and black comedies continues through much of his catalogue of movies and in 2010 he released Ballada Trista de Trumpet which literally means Sad Trumpet Ballad. But after a bit of finessing, it was redubbed as an English title The Last Circus. Playing out as a modern day Gran Grino, the movie would tie a lot of the director's long running themes and styles, and a delightfully wicked tongue in cheek romp. His next endeavour is the movie we are looking at tonight and encapsulates all I love and all that you should love about Alex de Iglesias' cinema. Las Brujas de Zagaramundi, also known as Witching and Bitching brought the director a flock of new fans who were not familiar with the director or his horror comedy catalogue and he has since stepped away from the genre directing a documentary on footballer Lionel Messi and an anthology called Words with Gods. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. So what's the movie about? We open the movie as two robbers are gearing up to rob from a local pawn shop. The two thieves, Jose and Tony, are at odds as Jose has brought along his young son Sergio to the robbery and Tony is not best pleased as he thinks that this poses too much risk for the pair. The men are dressed in elaborate street performer's gear as to be inconspicuous to anyone in the busy streets. And for a time, the robbery seems to be going well as the two grab the loot of gold and jewellery before things take a nasty turn for the worst when several people die in the gunfire. The men and the boy make a run for it and hijack a taxi forcing its passenger into the boot of the vehicle and, at gunpoint, demand the driver, Manuel, to take them to the Spanish border with France. On the criminal's tails, however, Sergio's mother and two police investigators are trying to track down the group. Meanwhile, the group stops at the town of Zagaramundi for the night, without fully understanding the lore of the town. It would seem that this town has a chequered past with witchcraft and the occult and the robbers become unwilling guests of a coven of cannibal witches led by Greciana and Greciana's mother, Martrux, who tries to cook Sergio alive in her oven before the group finally manages to escape. Upon escaping, they realise that Jose is left to look back in the home of the witches. So foolishly, the men return, minus Sergio, to retrieve their swag, but are again captured by the witches. Sergio is once again grabbed by Graciana's mother. Jose is told that Sergio will be used as part of an ancient ritual to appease Graciana's goddess, at which time the rest of the group will be slaughtered. Meanwhile, Sylvia has been tracking down the men and stumbles across the witch's house in time to see Sergio be carried off. She, with the help of the police, break into the witch's house and discover a passage which leads to Graciana's cannibal feast. There are many witches here taking part in the festivities and as Sylvia and the police are moving around in the secret passage it gives way and the trio crash land on the dinner table. The men, Jose, Tony and Manuel, use this distraction to make a run for it. However, Sylvia and the police are taken prisoner and Sylvia is forced to consume frog juice, which turns her into a witch. The witches then chase and capture all of the men minus Jose, who is hidden by Graciana's daughter Eva, who has fallen madly in love with him. She demands that he leave his son behind. But Jose is adamant he can't, and Eva throws a fit of rage causing Jose to be propelled backwards. He then makes another attempt to escape and finds himself in a chamber under the house. There he discovers Eva's brother, Lusumi, who has been imprisoned there for many years. Jose frees him, and the two make their way to the Chamber of Rituals. On their way, they find Eva buried alive a punishment from her mother for helping Jose escape. When Jose and Eva's brother find the chamber, they see Tony, Manuel and the policeman in front of the fire. They've been left there to burn to death. Graciana's goddess is also there, a grotesque giant woman who devours Sergio, who ultimately passes through the giant woman and emerges alive on the other side. The Witches are delighted with this as it is a sign that Sergio will lead them to conquer mankind. Jose makes a move to confront the Witches with the help of Eva who manages to destroy the Goddess. Jose manages to grab Sergio and escape with the other men. And all of the Witches are believed to have perished and the film ends. Except with the final epilogue scene, where it is seen that Jose and Eva are raising Sergio. He has now grown into his newfound powers, and everything seems to have ended happily, only for the camera to show that Sylvia, Graciana, and Graciana's mother are all still alive, content to wait for the couple to grow discontent with their happiness, and once again turn to the witches. Witching and Bitching holds an impressive fresh status on critic review aggregator sites the likes of Rotten Tomatoes, and would find praise with all manner and sorts of reviewers. The Hollywood Reporter stating that Alex De La has experimented with various genres down the years, but this shamelessly crowd-pleasing witching and bitching is a return to what he does best. Pure mayhem. Simon Abrams, who writes as a reviewer at Roger Ebert's website, would damn with faint praise by saying It's impossible to love everything about De Iglesia movies. They're charmingly irrelevant but also callow and all over the map. Witching and Bitching is a typical De Iglesia film. Imagine a horror comedy about a trio of misogynistic morons who are terrorised by a covenant of witches. Now imagine that Film is a live-action cartoon based on a non-existent Sergio Agroni's Mad Magazine comic strip. Witching and bitching is accordingly overlong and conceptually thin, but like most Iglesia films, it's also freakishly energetic and often hysterical. And whilst Iglesia has moved away from this genre, much to his fans' despair, we have news of his new feature film to whet our appetites. El Bar and I think you can guess where this is translated to, it means the bar, is scheduled for release in 2017 with little known about the project except this, that the action takes place in a watering hole one morning when a regular leaves the establishment is promptly shot dead. When a customer who attempts to help the man is also killed, the clientele hold up inside, wondering not just why the killings are occurring, but where the killer is located. The movie is once again helmed at the partnership of De Iglesia and his long-time screenplay writer, Jorge Greveria. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. And you've been listening to Chronicle Podcast and this has been season 2's finale episode number six and we've been looking at Alex de la Iglesia's A Witching and Bitching from 2013. As always, can I thank everyone who has supported this show, shared, liked and left reviews on iTunes. This is the best way to support this podcast and make sure we bring more content for you in the months and years to come. Remember, it only takes a few seconds to leave feedback on iTunes and the more of it we get, the higher in the ratings we will be featured for other horror fans to find the show. A huge thanks to Von Herzog for the intro and outro music featured on Chronicle Podcast. Please, please, please go over and support his work. As always, there's a list of all the artists whose music is featured on this episode and it'll be listed in the show notes. The version of the movie used for this review was the German Blu-ray release of Witching and Bitching. Please remember that we have a Facebook group page you can join and contact me by visiting facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Chronicle Podcast is exclusively available on Legion Podcast Network surrounded by a multitude of fantastic shows. This week I recommend checking out Hero Hero Ghost Show who officially start their season two today, the day of this podcast episode going live. Bo and a variety of guests bring you quality edutainment as they delve headlong into the symbolism and madness of Asian horror cinema. I have the pleasure of being the first guest on episode 1 of season 2, where we review and discuss Hideo Nakata's 1998 genre game changer Ringu. To hear the fantastic Hero Hero Ghost show, you need to subscribe to Legion Podcast on iTunes or visit legionpodcast.com. And finally, if you want to listen to more of me, Talk Horror, then you can check out my other show, The Podcast Under The Stairs at teapotscast.com or on iTunes. Chronicle Podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Thank you all very much for taking this journey with me into witchcraft and European horror cinema and supporting all that we did in our very first year 2016 podcasting. Chronicle Podcast will return in 2017 with a brand new sub-genre of European horror cinema to investigate and bring you the stories behind the movies and the people involved in making them. But until the next time, remember, one's destination is never a place, but a new way of seeing. This is Duncan McLeish from Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Lift off. Right, and here we go, Season 2 of Chronicle Season 2 of Chronicle Let's do some vocal warm-ups Me, 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 ah Me, 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 oh Season 2, what we doing? We're doing, uh, we're doing witches That's right, come on, let's bring it on Partly based on Christensen's study of the Malice... Melus malificarum. Is that how you pronounce that? It's Leviosa, not Leviosa! <laughs> Cumberland escapes but Von Meru I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right Meru... Meru? Meru... Meru. I don't know. let's try again Expelliarmus. <laughs> the film was made to cash in on the success of Michael Reeves' 1968 classic The Witchfinder General I totally should have done The Witchfinder General for this season I love that movie And you're still recording, Duncan Hit stop <laughs> The Mother of Tears Matter, Lacri, Lachryma- Uh, I hate Italian but I love you Dario Argento I love you Argento I love you (coughs) The movie stars Asia Argento Yeah it does Mm -hmm. As always can I thank everyone who has supported this show, liked, shared and left some reviews on iTunes This is the best way to support the podcast and make sure that we bring you more conf... (sighs) Unlike tonight's movie, which boasts an elaborate heist perpetrated at the hands of robbers in the disguise of street performers who run afoul of a coven of... coven, not coven, coven, not coven... Why is English so hard? Why can't I speak? I can do it like see honestly if it's not scripted I'm like bam 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 out of the stuff left right left right. You go and sit down with a script and I can't read anything that's in front of me and what's worse is I wrote it. I wrote this stuff. I know what it says. I give up. Uh, how did I put myself through this Uh, season 2 we barely got through season 1 oh my god (laughs) our facebook group may only be small in numbers (laughs) Um, yeah what I should say is the facebook group is uh, small in numbers because no one has joined um, since we launched season 1 I think it's the same number does anyone listen to this show? Are you listening to me? That's not going to make the edit. I really should take the explicit tag off this podcast because all I want to do is run an expletive train right out of my mouth right through this mate. Yeah, I that could have sung for the Eagles, right? Are we all agreeing on that? No what?